Yeah, so once I found out what a school board was, then I um, I researched how do you get on one. I found out that you needed to get signatures right. on a petition. Um, I got myself and like two friends um, to go around and get signatures. Um, I got enough and I got on the ballot. And then because I had volunteered on Obama's campaign, all I knew was to door knock. So that's what mm-hmm. I did. I got little business cards, like black and white business cards printed up i walked mm-hmm. around and i talked with a bunch of people and just told them my story told them why i wanted to be on the school board i was 25 years old at the time and um i didn't think i had a chance um but people trusted me and they elected me hello and welcome to this episode of the lehigh valley with love podcast i'm your host george wacker in this episode we talk with allentown city councilwoman and mayoral candidate, Cece Gerlach. Cece's story is truly remarkable, especially the way she initially got involved in politics, which we'll talk about in a bit. We also talk about her upbringing in Maryland, what brought her to the downtown area, spoiler, it was Cedar Crest College, and why she's running for mayor. Cece talks about her three top issues, which are economic justice, housing justice, and reimagining public safety. We hope you enjoy this episode. All the links are in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about her campaign. And I don't want to get too in the political weeds here, but the Allentown mayoral race is shaping up to be important and interesting and one with some fascinating personalities. So we had Matt Turk on in a previous episode and I encourage you to check that out. I want to thank our sponsors, the Burke Insurance Agency, Michael Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates Real Estate, and of course, Venture X, which is our sponsor for this season. And we have some fun videos coming out. We're gonna be on site there relatively soon. Every episode, we are featuring a local nonprofit for free. So if you want to be featured, give us an email info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com. This episode, we have New Bethany Ministries serving Bethlehem and the Lehigh Valley. They offer hope and support to people who experience poverty, hunger, and homelessness. The organization believes that all people, regardless of circumstances, should be treated with dignity and care without judgment. No one who seeks help is turned away. Every day, New Bethany is addressing the immediate needs of our neighbors, such as daily meals, food from their choice pantry, and short-term housing solutions, while supporting long-term change that lift individuals out of hardship. Help a neighbor in need today. Visit newbethanyministries.com for ways to donate, volunteer, and support their mission. Thank you, New Bethany Ministries. We appreciate you. Okay, one last thank you to everybody. And now, let's talk to Allentown mayoral candidate, Allentown City Councilwoman, Cece Gerlach. All right, Cece, hello. Thank you for taking some time to come on the Leah Valley with Love podcast. I'm glad to have you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for the opportunity. I look forward to the conversation. I just saw you in the news. I read the morning call article that just came out of you and um, there's a picture on it. If nobody can see, I'll make sure that we link it in there, but it's a fantastic picture of you and another gentleman having words, you know, um, regarding uh, better renting practices in Allentown. So it's, it's an exciting time for you and it's an exciting time for, for Allentown. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but before we get into all of the politics stuff down the road, I want yeah. to learn a little bit more about you. And uh, I read from your website, I know that you went to Cedar Crest College, but 
I want to learn more about like where did you come from? How did you uh, initially maybe get started in politics? Were you even interested in politics, uh, you know, in the first place? So if you could kind of tell me the story of Cece, where did you grow up and and uh, eventually get to where we are now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so politics was the last thing I ever thought I, I would be involved in. Um, I, I remember, I think it was like in eighth or ninth grade, uh, I sat down with a guidance counselor and she told me to go to cosmetology school. That didn't okay. quite work out. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm originally from the Washington, D.C. and Maryland area. Okay. I, I say that because I lived in small towns. Um, I lived in D.C. for a little bit. And then I even lived in West Virginia. Um, in Martinsburg, West Virginia for, for a while. So I moved a while, around um, in my high school years, um, elementary school years. I pretty much was in Maryland, uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, Hagerstown, Maryland is a really interesting place, especially for a biracial person like myself. My mom is white. My dad is Jamaican. Uh, Hagerstown, Maryland back then was predominantly uh, Caucasian. Um, and then I lived in what was known as the black neighborhood. And uh, um, as you can see, I'm fairly light skinned. Um, and so from a really early age, I really learned the uh, kind of social dynamics of, of, of race um, and um, having a, a mother who, who is white um, being really poor. Um, I also learned how, you know, opportunity is not always available to everyone based on your socioeconomic status. Um, you know, like I was involved in situations where because of um, because of my lack of income versus uh, someone else's wealth, um, you know, I, I was looked at as less than and I knew that at the age of six. I knew I felt that at the age of six um kids kids understand kids know more than what we give them credit for yeah. um so i mean i i saw really really early on how you would go from one block to another block and it would be an entirely different world and how there would be people sleeping outside of new office buildings and so i i i noticed that i always consider myself um a pretty perceptive person even as mm -hmm. a kid um, and uh, I guess, uh, what do they call them? Old souls. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I mean, I know you hear a lot of people say, oh yeah, I didn't know we were poor. I knew we were poor. Um, yeah. it was, you know, like, um, but growing up, um, I wouldn't change a thing because when you grow up and you've never had anything, it teaches you to fight for everything. And it teaches you that you're not entitled to anything. That I think you appreciate and I don't want to speak for anybody, mm -hmm. but there is an appreciation too, you know, when you know of not having something to then have it, you appreciate it sometimes maybe a little more. Oh, yeah. So, look, <laughs> so I, I purchased a home a couple years ago and every time when I walk in that home and I have a fridge that's full, I have lights right. that are on, I have heat that works, I have gas in my car, I just am... I'm beyond thankful and sometimes I'm just perplexed. Like, how is this my life? Coming from where I come from, some of the struggles I've had even in my adult years, um, the fact that I now live a life that is pretty comfortable. You know, my, my bills are paid. Mm -hmm. I can 
I can, you know, splurge a little bit on a Friday with eating out. I mean, um, compared to how I grew up, like my mom and I, we were just talking about it the other night where, um, you know, the only time you really had like a real meal was Thanksgiving and that Thanksgiving and Christmas, I should say. And that was because of the Salvation Army and charity. And then now here we are planning, you know, hey, do you want to go to Panera or do you want to go to Starbucks? Like, sure. it, you know, well, how, um, how do you get there then? How, what is that from Hagerstown to Allentown? Connect those dots. How did you how did you make right. that trip? Yeah. So um, I, I didn't intend to go to college. It just kind of happened. I didn't know what else to do um, when I graduated. It's not like okay. I had my eyes on college for my entire uh, high school career. Um, do you think Cedar Crest College had like a good cosmetology program? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the one thing they were lacking. They probably <laughs> you know, would if they had one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they definitely trained uh, women to uh, to come up with, with leadership skills and to, yeah. and, and, and to, go, to, to go at issues full for um, cosmetology, not so much. Um, nursing, education, mm -hmm. uh, forensic science, yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I ended up at Cedar Crest College just because, you know, I went to the, I, I visited the campus. It felt right. It was a small campus. I liked all the trees. Um, it just, was that the first time that you were ever in in the area, like the Leah Valley Allentown area? When you, oh, yeah. All right, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I okay. had never heard of Allentown. Never heard of the Leah Valley. That was my oh. first time on a college campus. Um, oh. I and so um, I just it felt right. Um, and uh, I decided to I decided to attend. Um, my major was elementary education. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher just because I know the role. Even though even though I didn't have like you know these these grand aspirations of attending college, I at least knew the value of an education um, mm -hmm. because of my mom, her lack of education. She understood what that meant for her life, so she instilled in me. The, the value of an education. Um, and so I knew I wanted to give back. Um, I knew I wanted to hopefully inspire other young people with similar situations as what I came from. Uh, so I, I went to Cedar Crest. Um, I, I studied, I studied more than I ever studied in high school, graduated a pretty de decent GPA. And, um, and, uh, I volunteered, I started volunteering at the boys and girls club, uh, at 13th and Turner, which really introduced me to the community of Allentown. And as I reflect on my college years, I really spent more time in Allentown, like going on seventh street and getting to know sure. some of the different restaurants there. Uh, so we're talking about like back in 2004, um, and I spent more time in Allentown than what I did on the campus because I felt more at home in Allentown than I necessarily how, did on campus. Interesting. How did you do that? Was it what did you make the decision? I'm going to go volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club, and then you met people that way. Was is that kind of how it worked? Um, so actually, I had a work study uh, through America Reads. 
um, in uh, America Reads, most of the people in America Reads were uh, elementary education or secondary education majors. And so that's how I got introduced to the Boys and Girls Club. And then I fell in love with the Boys and Girls Club there. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I attended the Boys and Girls Club, learned how to okay. dribble a ball, or you know, got to go swimming and things like that. Um, so I was already familiar with the organization, but I fell in love with the Allentown Boys and Girls Club. Um, and I, I started on my, not through my work study, but volunteering. I started a uh, science program, uh, hands-on science, because in my in my college classes, I was learning about you know kinesthetic learning, and so right. I thought, well, that's what these kids need. They need kinesthetic learning. Um, so I started a little science club. We'd make slime. We would put gumdrops together to form like domes and things like that. Um, and then when I graduated from uh, Cedar Crest with my with my degree, um, my first like actual job was at the Boys and Girls Club as the as an outreach director over okay. in uh, Cumberland Gardens um, in the public housing. And um, then I started taking kids on uh, college tours um, because, again, my first time on a college campus was Cedar Crest. And I didn't want that to happen for other kids. Um, I grew up in public housing. Um, so I really felt a connection with these young people who are also growing up in public housing. And, yeah, I, and, the, the, and the, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. But I was just going to say, like, the, the Allentown is so, the Holy Eye Valley, really, you know, you have Cedar Crest there, Muhlenberg, El Trici, you, you know, there are a lot of opportunities, but I, I would think for, to, to be able to have some of the more inner city kids to have a chance to get on a college campus, like you mm -hmm. said. The Burke Insurance Agency is family owned and operated since 1986. What else happened in 1986? Haley's Comet flew by, and that was pretty cool. The Burke Insurance Agency is located at 3446 Freemansburg Avenue in Bethlehem Township, and they represent Erie, Grange, and Progressive Insurance Companies. Tom and Kathleen are some of the nicest people in the Lehigh Valley, for real. They actually get to know their customers and care for them as if they were part of their own family. It's how a small business is supposed to be. They are also community-minded and support many nonprofits, which they are very passionate about. Give them a call at 610-691-3743 or find them on Facebook. Everything, again, is in our show notes. Don't wait around like Haley's comment called Burke Insurance today. Yeah, I mean, if there are uh, pathways and um, and uh, kind of um, pipes to go through, yes, mm -hmm. there are. But organically, it won't happen. Um, if there okay. if there are organizations, if there are mentors to connect the college to the student, then yes. Um, but um, to a rely on it organically, the young person just magically appearing on El Tri-C's campus, just campus yeah. next to them, no. Uh -huh. yes. But, but well, to connect them, yes. Because like yeah. you, you could be a 15-year-old kid sit, like literally living next to campus on Muhlenberg College, and, and there really isn't a relationship there, you know, mm. by itself. I understand what you're saying. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that was part of my goal as a, a young person. I, I don't know what, like 22 years old, something like that. Um, and then I, and then I was able to, uh, land a teaching job. I, I started teaching at the Children's Home of Easton. Um, the 
the children's home is a facility for young people who for various reasons just can't stay at home or some of mm -hmm. them were released from juvenile facilities and it was almost like a step down um, a place for them to live where after getting released from the detention center they couldn't quite go home um, mm -hmm. so they would stay at the children's home for some time so I taught there that was awesome I got to make my own curriculum um, I got to embed uh, black history into every single thing I taught. I got to embed the um, um, very crucial uh, uh, female leaders into everything I taught. Most of the young people I, I worked with uh, were young men. So I loved I loved having the ability to really uh, teach from more of like a like a feminist uh, kind of um, standpoint and turn some of yes. those young men into feminists and realize like, you know, most of the young men were raised by single moms so they they sure. almost had like this natural inclination to be a feminist just didn't know it um so it was great to great to teach the the, the young men um who up until being in my class many of them had missed 30 90 even 120 days of school they had never like read a book from cover to cover um and they did in my class because i made it fun i made it relatable i i picked books that they could actually understand and relate with um and it was awesome um and i so that's really who i am yes i'm involved in politics and i'm a politician but in terms of like the core of me, I'm an educator. I'm a community organizer. Um, um, I started organizing, I'd say, in 2011 in Allentown um, around the uh, the issues of uh, affordable housing and um, and jobs for Allentown residents. Um, and that's that's again, that's who I am at at, at the core. When did so? I mean, because this is always fascinating to me. Being and I'm learning more and more about politics as we go. But to put yourself in it is a huge commitment. I mean, not only are you committing your time and effort, but you're also you're putting yourself out in public. You know, um, it's just a lot. You know, when did you decide? I, mean, I guess your first foray. Tell me if I'm wrong, but was to run for um, uh, school board, correct? For Allentown School Board. Right. When, when did you make that decision? When did it say to you, hey? I'm going to go ahead and do this. Yeah, so I was uh, I was at the Boys and Girls Club uh, working dash volunteering, and there was a young lady, 16 years old, and she had uh, dropped out. She came into the dropped out of high school. Um, mm -hmm. and she came into the Boys and Girls Club. She was just distraught. Um, and uh, about a week or two went by, and there was no effort from the school district to to like bring her back. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't understand that. I mean, she was a really nice young lady. Um, she was just going through a lot in life. At that time who isn't going through a lot at the age of 17 um and uh i just went on to handy dandy uh google and i googled high school dropouts and i it turns out it was a crisis and it turns out that there's a thing called a school board that can write a thing called a resolution that can pass things called things called policies that can deal with issues like dropouts i had no idea what a school board was really um, you, you just you put it in and said okay this makes sense to me i just googled it i googled it i saw that i knew that there was a problem and sure. then i saw that there was a solution and by that time i had already um finished up volunteering on obama's campaign mm -hmm. and obama said be the change you wish to see in this world that's true 
I knew something needed to change. So well, like you see so many people who are like, yep, I, I know the solution is to, well, maybe the, the solution, but the next step is to go to a meeting. You know, I could go to a meeting and be heard, but nobody wants to do that. They just want to complain on Facebook. It's the, the mm -hmm. fun thing you do. It's amazing that you just said, okay. And then what you, you, then learn more about the process of running because of course you have to you know get on the ballot and all that sort of thing yeah so um yeah so once i found out what a school board was then i um i researched how do you get on one i found out that you needed to get signatures Great. on a petition um i got myself and like two friends um to go around and get signatures um, I got enough and I got on the ballot. And then because I had volunteered on Obama's campaign, all I knew was to door knock. So that's what mm -hmm. I did. I got little business cards, like black and white business cards printed up. I walked mm -hmm. around and I talked with a bunch of people and just told them my story, told them why I wanted to be on the school board. I was 25 years old at the time. And, um, I didn't think I had a chance, um, but people trusted me and they elected me. That's crazy. So, and, and how long ago was that when you were first so, elected? Yeah, so that was 2011. That was 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, what, uh, I mean, I probably could talk for hours being on the school board, especially in Allentown. Um, but what, what then from that generates this next step into going from school board to city council? Was there something more that you wanted to do that you couldn't do from the school board position or what was that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I started looking at our data and really seeing that issues of absenteeism and tardyism and a transiency rate um, and the low test scores and low performances and the dropout and the lack of high school graduation all kind of related to the community, the community environment, the home environment, and the expectation of, of, of a system that, that a kid coming from an apartment that's dilapidated, that there's mold growing out of a ceiling, that the ceiling is falling down, that there's mice running around, there's roaches, that there's possibly even, yeah. you know, radon or asbestos in the home, um, that their parent or parents are working a job that barely pays, you know, $11 an hour. They can't pay. Their, so like there's all these social factors. And then we send that kid off into a classroom and say, good luck swim. Yeah. Um, and I realized I can only do but so much on the school board to affect those social circumstances in the community. I always say, you know, people are quick to blame the school district for every problem, but the school district isn't in charge of inadequate lighting on the way to school. The school district isn't in charge of the dilapidated housing stock. The school district isn't in charge of the lack of um, livable wage jobs. That's on the city. So that's why I decided, let me, you know, I had already mingled in the city a little bit just with my activism, uh, mm -hmm. fighting for, you know, different de uh, development issues and such. But even there, I saw a limitation where I'm on the outside. I can protest as much as I want. I can attend city council meetings as a member of the public as much as I want. I can organize as much as I want. But if I don't have a seat at the table, mm -hmm. 
how much can I actually get accomplished? So I wanted, so I decided to take my skills and, and, and the experiences I, I, I gained on the school board and in the community. And I figured the combination of both of them would be perfect for a position on city council where I could actually put policies in place to help the school district. And what were some of the things when you first came? Well, geez, I mean, everything's changed so much. You first were on city council in 2019, mm -hmm. uh, correct? Yep. What, because um, I was just saying, what, what were the issues then? Like the whole, I forget this whole year happened where we've all been in, in our homes and it, it has been different for other people. Uh, but what were the, some of the things when you came onto city council that were the most important issues to you at that time in 2019? How have they changed at all? Right. So the most important issue to me when I first got on was homelessness. Now, despite uh, COVID, when I first got on within my first two months, I was able to do something. Um, that's because I started early. <laughs> so I got elected in November 2019. I didn't get sworn in until January 2020. So okay. what I did, um, I didn't know COVID was going to happen, but I knew because I am a community organizer, I know the importance of being prepared and um, and, and being extra organized. So I, um, I met with some folks in the city. I met with uh, some CEOs um, of different nonprofits that, that help the unsheltered community. And I asked them if, if I were to form a commission on homelessness, would you serve? So I got people lined up. Um, people who are, again, CEOs, people who are serving soup, and then people who are sleeping in tents. I got them all to agree, even before I got sworn in, that they would serve on this commission. And then I linked up with Mike Canlin, who is the city clerk, who I also already had a relationship with because of my activism. And um, I got him to kind of show me how city council goes about enacting an ordinance. So I would know the ropes once I got there. I wouldn't be behind the eight ball. So sure. when I got there, I already had the ordinance. I already had everything ready to roll. That's why it took two months, because it was just a matter of introducing it. It was just a matter of getting public comment, getting my uh, colleagues on council to weigh in. And then boom, passing it. Do you find um, that fascinating at all? Like, does anybody else go that's, I mean, I'm not trying to, I think it's fascinating that you're like, hey, I'm going to Google, how do we do this? And then I'm going to make it a reality. Um, I don't know. I just think that's fantastic that, you know, because there's some, for some, like, again, there's people who just would want to do this for a while and they just don't because. The thing reason. is, though, I mean, for me, like, this isn't about, how do I say this? This isn't yeah. about people's lives. Like, yeah. Yeah. For me, politics is it, it's 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 about people. And when you when you look in the eyes of someone who is struggling, when you look in the eyes of a young person and you see yourself in that young person, how can you do anything but try to do something like okay. I'm in a position on I was in a position on school board where I could elevate the voices of people that traditionally did not have their their voices elevated. And then school board enabled me to learn about like the social determinants of health. I never heard of that word, that phrase before, but being on school board, I was able to connect with uh, leaders in, in, in the uh, healthcare uh, industry and learn about social determinants of health. And then that's when I realized I can affect these social determinants of health on school board. And so, I mean, how can you have all this knowledge, have access to all these people and opportunities and not use that 
to actually help people when you're right in front of them and they are struggling. And, I, and I don't get how someone couldn't help. Right. And is that something that you feel? I mean, you're running for mayor. Like, is it clearly, um, you feel like now's the time. Do you feel like now's the time for change like this? Like, why wait longer? Like, has has leadership been ineffective for some of these issues that you're talking about with economic justice, housing, and public safety? Right. I mean, um, so I, I would say that what we've been lacking for far too long in Allentown is someone who actually knows how the policies that are made up at the top translate down into the, into the community. That's what we've been lacking. Um, you know, we've had numerous commissions and boards and task force, but if they're, if they're made up of folks that are, you know, sitting in boardrooms and, and uh, like, they don't know yeah. how the decisions that they're making actually affect people who have to live with those decisions. Um, so, I mean, uh, the, making that that decision to run for mayor was I looked at my professional experience as a teacher, as an outreach worker that equips me with the ability to just know what's really going on in everyday people's lives. And then I looked at my experience as a politician, knowing how to get policies passed based on my own experiences and those in the community. And then, yeah, looking at my own personal life, I mean, I've, you know, I've experienced some of the same things that people in Allentown are. I've lived in dilapidated housing. I've been homeless. Like I've, you know, worked out at a, a warehouse and worked 12 hour shifts and rode the bus for two hours. Like I've lived the life that people in Allentown, many people in Allentown live. And to combine all of those, those uh, aspects into an executive level position in Allentown, yeah, this is the time. I feel like people are looking for something different. They're looking for someone who can unite, who has a history of bringing different people together, people who are sleeping in tents with people who are running companies. That's mm -hmm. what people want. Um, and those are the skills that I have. Um, and I already have plans on, you know, who's going to be serving on transition committees and, and, sure. and who's going to be, um, you know, I have a team. I have a team of experts who every experts from economic consultants to housing consultants um, to people who have worked in cities that have undergone police reform. So the, it's not just me. Um, you know, mm -hmm. yes, I bring my skills and experience. But I bring with me a team, I bring with me plans, and I bring with me uh, leadership. Sure. I, I mentioned in the beginning, you talked about the, the newspaper article that just came out where, again, you, you know, it, it was written in a way where you were standing up for people who were in dilapidated uh, housing, for lack of a better term, maybe living in places owned by slumlords. You know, is it... Is that to you, you know, standing up for the people who are living in those areas of Allentown that maybe don't necessarily get the representation that you feel they they should? Is that important to you? Oh, very important. Very important. And, and, and it's also important to understand that the inadequate uh, quality of housing, um, it doesn't just affect those who are living um, in, in that housing. It affects us as an entire city. Um, you know, I mean, if, if the quality of life in the first ward is is lacking, 
that's going to trickle out and that's going to have ripple effects for the entire city. My success, my well-being is tied to my neighbors. My neighbors is tied to someone in the West End. The West End's tied to the South Side and East Side. We're all connected. We can't have parts of this city that are struggling and expect and expect to grow and to thrive as a city. That's not going to happen. So 100%, um, you know, what's funny though, you mentioned yesterday, all yesterday was supposed to be was a press conference about a right. bill. Candida's in, Candida um, has been trying to get this bill introduced for, uh, for, for a while. And now we have, you know, uh, a unified council behind this bill. And it was literally just supposed to be a press conference about introducing Candida's bill and we're we, we were all you know just standing with Candida showing her that we support her and her efforts and then it turned into something else right um so yeah, what are you gonna do it was just it was reading it I'm just like wow you know you could really sense like you were there I'll make sure that we link to it in the show notes for anyone who wants to read it but it's worth the time do you think because I again it seems like when you set your mind to something it seems to get done. Do you feel like you're a little underestimated? I read there was another article in the paper about is it time for a female mayor? And I saw some of your supporters get a little upset because they did. I don't think they mentioned you, you know, and why would you underestimate somebody who you decided to get on city council and made that happen? And it seems like you have a lot of community support. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, I think it's up to the voters. I know I have an awesome team. Um, we have a, a relevant, uh, compelling message, and it's really it's up to the voters. If the voters are ready for a mayor who looks like this, a mayor that has bold, progressive uh, policies that will help them and their neighbors, then... I'll be your next mayor. And I'm confident mm -hmm. that the voters are ready for that. I've, I've been pounding the blocks, pounding the pavement from the West End, South Side and Center City, East Side as well. And everywhere I go, people are ready for change. They're ready for something different. They're sick of the status quo because the status mm -hmm. quo isn't helping someone out at 30th and Highland. And the status quo also isn't helping someone at 4th and Allen. And, uh, and I represent that change. Looking for a bigger home? Find Mike. Looking to downsize? Find Mike. Looking for a home in the Poconos? Find Mike. Looking for your very own bat cave? Find Mike. When looking to navigate the Lehigh Valley real estate market, the first move is to always find Mike Bernadin with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate. He can help you build the right game plan to achieve all your real estate goals. Whether it be a home with 10 bathrooms, a home with a large garage to park your Tesla or vintage Ford Pinto, or just something perfect for you and your family, Finding Mike Bernadine is always the best way to go. So, what are you waiting for? To make all your Lehigh Valley real estate dreams come true, all you have to do is find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate. And now we're going to move into, I mean, we're going to get away from politics for a little bit. Okay. We're going to take the politics hat off. Gotcha. Because I think, you know, and, and again, all the all of your links, everything is in the show notes for anyone who wants to learn more about you and your story and um, everything's there. Uh, I'm curious because I'm I don't want to compare myself to you, but I came to college. I went to Moravian and I stuck around in Bethlehem, mm -hmm. kind of the same way you came from out of the area and went to Allentown and stuck around. What was it for you? Like what? I mean, clearly you were involved in the community and you meet people you like, but there's got to be something about where you live that keeps you there. So why? Why? Why do you stay in Allentown? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's really a, it's, it's several reasons. Um, I love that Allentown has people from all over the world. I just think that's incredibly awesome that someone from Egypt decides to relocate in Allentown and that I have the opportunity to, to meet that person and to get to learn about their, 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 their life. Um, and, um, you know, so it has that diversity that, that I love and that fuels me. Um, and then also, you know, <laughs> the park system. I love, yeah. I love, I love the parks, um, you know, Cedar beach and, uh, Jordan. And when I first got here, I, uh, I, I was introduced to my godchildren and and we would go down to Jordan Park like all day and just hang out. And it was just, you know, it was a it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful city. And the people that's I guess that's what I really just love about Allentown. It's the people. There is a certain authenticity uh, to the folks in Allentown and, and beauty. Um, you know, I as I walk around, I just I see beauty in things that maybe some people don't find beautiful like um there's on fifth street on north fifth street must be the 700 block or um there is a uh, a home an apartment that every holiday they they put decorations up and, and they you know they have a little patch of grass out back and they'll hang valentine's decorations up they'll hang easter and so every major holiday they will decorate and and to me that shows pride to me that shows uh, a sense of community um mm -hmm. you know the senior citizen who maybe all they have is a porch um a stoop but they'll take um a pot and they'll put an artificial flower in that pot just to try to beautify the neighborhood up. And that's what I see in Allentown. I see people who try to make the most with what they have. Um, people who are working two, three jobs, people who are coming in sweaty to parent-teacher conferences mm -hmm. um, because they they just finished their their third their third job or their or their job at a warehouse. Um, that's what I see. Um, and I just I don't know. I just fell in love with the the vibe. It just has a good vibe here. Um, and uh, and the people are the reason why the vibe is so awesome. I I said I was gonna stop talking about politics. I kind of am, but I'm curious as a community activist and organizer over the last year doing what we're we're talking now on on you know over the internet. Has that been more difficult or have you, have you found it maybe you've learned some things from having to, to be more virtual in the last year? Yeah, so I would say I have been able to engage with people that wouldn't nece necessarily show up at a meeting. You know, like as a as a community organizer, you hold a lot of meetings in basements of churches, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been able to connect with people who just weren't able or didn't feel comfortable with showing up to the meeting in a basement of a church or on a street corner. Right. Um, so in that way, it's been it's been kind of helpful, and even like a, from a city council perspective. We've received, uh, I'd say, 
more interaction um, with with members of the public to, and to some capacity. And then listening to the county commissioner meetings, they're flooded with community participation yeah. because of this virtual world that we're in. Um, and I mean, I remember when the, during the peak of the pandemic, uh, it was still possible to kind of get out there. You just had to, you know, be be cognizant of the fact that there's a deadly virus. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, I was still out there. Um, like I went down to uh, the, the soup kitchen down at Alliance Hall just to see how they were adapting um, and, and seeing if I could help out at all. And um, there were still organizations that despite the virus, they were plugging away. And that's another thing I love about Allentown. Like, the genuine desire to want to help and to serve. Again, mm -hmm. we've got a deadly virus going around and you've got volunteers who are giving up their time and risking their lives to hand out to-go bags to people who are sleeping on the street struggling. Like, that's Allentown. And I and we don't, love Yeah, that. it's unfortunate we don't hear about that as much as we should. And you, know, you blame, you can blame whoever. It's just sometimes, and, and that's the kind of person who does that, they're not ringing a bell asking for someone to come down and take pictures of them. You know, they're doing it because they feel like it's the right thing to do. Right. Um, right. So it's kind of unfortunate we don't get to tell those stories as much. Yeah, um, we really don't. We really don't. And um, most neighborhoods in Allentown I have been in are just, you know, it's just regular working class people. They, they're picking up the trash when they can. Um, um, most neighborhoods have that senior citizen who goes out and they pick up the trash. And um, and then like on my block, uh, the, the guys across the street, they park their car in the back and of my property and in exchange they do you know little small repairs on my mm -hmm. on my car um we have the guy on my block he shovels the entire block for free i mean so neighbor that that's allentown again those right. stories don't get told it's fun. Well, I'm, I'm in bethlehem but there's a, a woman our neighbor who lives across the street she's kind of like the the grandma for the block you know yeah i don't have to worry like i'll handle stuff if she needs help but if there's anything going on in the block that I need to know about, yeah, she'll make she'll hurt. come and tell me. And <laughs> yep. oh, and you, you let me know, I'll take care of it. So yeah, yep. it is it's it's fun to see that, especially the last year. I feel even though in my personal community, I guess like on my block, I feel like we've gotten to, to know each other more, mm. even though you know we haven't been able to to really spend time within six feet of each other. But right, right. So <clears throat> as we kind of finish up here, I, I'm curious how. Again, you're running for the mayor of the third largest city in Pennsylvania, you know, yes. a, a major city. Yes. Uh, Billy Joel sang about it, right? Um, but, you know, how has it been going and what do you see as we're going through to, to May 18th? And, you know, I, I kind of want to, if you want to talk to uh, people who are listening and, and how they can support you and whatnot, you go ahead. Sure. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for uh, for this opportunity. So I would say uh, from here on out, it's all about reaching voters, reaching voters through um, the Internet, reaching voters through door to door, phone calls, texting. We'll, we'll be doing it all. We are a grassroots campaign. We are funded by the people, not politicians and developers and a bunch of you know, people who are well connected. We're, so so we'll, we'll continue to do our grassroots organizing. Um, you know, if uh, if people want to check out my website, ccgirlac.com. 
If they want to check out my social media, um, um, uh, I have Facebook, I have Twitter, I have an Instagram, so you can check me out on there. Um, you can also, you can call me, 484-597-0354. That's my cell phone. You it's did it. I didn't do it. There right. it is. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, feel free, you know, just ask me. Um, as you said, I, I, I've been elected to office for 10 years. My record is public. Anything I've done... It's been out there. I've been pretty vocal with where I stand on issues. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, it's not possible to cover every detail in one article. So if you have sure. questions about where I've stood on something, concerns about where I've stood on something, give me a call. I have, I'm, I'm an open book. I will clearly, without any kind of political mumbo jumbo, any rhetoric, I will tell you exactly how I feel on an issue. And you might not like it. But you're going to have the truth. Um, so if anyone wants to get involved on, on my campaign, uh, definitely uh, visit my websites. Uh, I have the, the link where you can just sign up and you'll you'll receive emails. Um, and um, also, of course, if you'd like to make a donation and support financially, you can do that on the website as well. Um, I look forward to getting out there and uh, speaking with more voters um, and, and speaking with stakeholders and earning everyone's support. Well, I, I, I want to genuinely thank you for coming on. It was, uh, I mean, again, you're one of those people. It's fun that I've read about you. I've seen you in other meetings here and there. So it's fun to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. And it's, it's not like I admire you for what you're doing. It's, I know, again, it's, you're doing it for the right reasons. But if you look at it from the outside, it's just, it's really amazing how you're saying that's a problem. This is how we have to fix this issue. Okay, well, let's figure it out and, and let's go toward it. And yeah, I find that refreshing and a lot of fun. I mean, fun in a energetic way, you know, and um, I wish you all the best and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And if there's any young person that thinks they, you know, if they're seeing a problem, I say fix it. Yeah. Yes. Fix it. All right. Stay put for a second. I just want to tell everybody, um, thank you very much. And I got all the links and everything in there. You don't have to memorize it. They're all in uh, the show notes. So just take a look. And thank you very much. Thank you, CC. Right. Thank you. Thank you again to CC. That was a lot of fun. And it's just fascinating to me how, you know, how little it can take to get involved. I'm not saying that it was little. Uh, but just in terms of how she saw it and said, hey, I want to get involved. What do I need to do? You know, and then took that step. So to me, it's a, a really fascinating story. We wish her all the best of luck. All the uh, links are in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about CC's campaign. Thank you again to our sponsors, the Burke Insurance Agency, Michael Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates uh, Real Estate, and of course, VentureX. We will talk to you soon. Thank you.